and we welcome you one and all to our service of worship today here in Hebron. We're going to commence by turning to hymn number 58, Jesus the name high over all in hell or earth or sky, angels and men before it fall, and devils fear and fly, Jesus the name to sinners dear, the name to sinners given, scatters all their guilty fear and turns their hell to heaven. Standing as we sing this great old gospel hymn, please. We turn for our Bible reading this morning to Psalm 11, Psalm and chapter 11, commencing to read at verse 1. In the Lord put I my trust, how say ye to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain, for lo, the wicked bend their bow, they make ready their arrow Upon the string, that they may privily shoot at the upright in heart. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple, the Lord's throne is in heaven, his eyes behold, his eyelids try the children of men. The Lord trieth the righteous 
But the wicked and him that loveth violence, his soul hateth. Upon the wicked he shall rain snares, fire and brimstone, and horrible tempest. This shall be the portion of their cup. For the righteous Lord loveth righteousness. His countenance doth behold the upright. Ending our reading at verse 7, we trust that the Lord will add, with his own divine stamp of blessing approval, the public reading of his precious word. As we come to our season of prayer this morning, we want to remember our pastor. Our pastor's a little under the weather at the moment. He has been caught by the bug. He managed to escape it for so long, but it's finally caught up with him. And so we want to pray for the Reverend Park, that the Lord will raise him to a full measure of health and of strength. We want to also pray for another pastor, Christy Irwin. He's the uncle of our sister Sharon McCauley. Served the Lord not only in the south of Ireland, but for many years over in the land of Australia. And he too is poorly at this stage and needs our prayers. So let's come to the throne of grace in prayer, please. Father in heaven, we do thank thee that we can approach thee this day and we do so in the Saviour's precious and in his worthy name. As we come to thee, we come to not the God that we consider thee to be, but the great and the mighty God who thou knowest thyself to be. We thank thee that we can come to the maker and to the creator of the ends of the earth, the one that fainteth not, neither is weary, and whose understanding is unsearchable. Thank thee that we come to a, a sovereign God, one who is king of kings and lord of lords, and one who rules in the power of an endless life. Thank the Heavenly Father that we can come as creatures to a creator this day. Thank thee for the great plan of salvation which thou didst wrought out in eternity past and which thou didst make known to us even in the day of our conversion. When we realized that we were strangers of the covenant of promise. When we realized that we were without God in this world and without hope in this world. But how we rejoice that God commendeth his love towards us in that whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so, Lord, we, we thank thee that many of us this afternoon can read our titles clear to mansions in the sky and it's all because of what Christ did for us on the cruel cross of Calvary. There bearing shame and scoffing rude we can say with the hymn writer in my place condemned he stood. Praise God he sealed my pardon with his precious blood. Hallelujah, what a saviour we have. We're very conscious today that there may be those tuned in on sermon audio, on Facebook, on the World Wide Web. There may be those gathered 
in this very house that have never entered into the new birth, that know nothing of the grace of God being made manifest in their hearts and souls and lives. Lord, we long that this day the cry might go up from this house, says, what must I do to be saved? We pray, Lord, that it might please thee to write new names, even this very day in the Lamb's book of life. And so, Lord, we look to thee that thou wilt be a blessing to the one who will shortly come and break unto us the bread of life. We thank thee for our dear brother Matthew, for his life, his witness, his testimony. And we pray, Lord, that he might be used as a channel of blessing in the very hand of a great God this day, as he ministers thy word to our hearts and to our souls. We're conscious of those who are unable to be with us, and we think especially of our dear pastor this afternoon. We thank thee again for the call of God upon his life, for his willingness to step forth in faith at the command of God and to seek to serve thee with not less than his all. We do pray that thou wilt be with him this day, that you will raise him to a full measure of health and strength, that he might be conscious of the prayers of the people of God ascending to the eternal throne on his behalf. Lord, we pray that very soon he'll be returned to the fellowship here. Bless him, even this day, and encourage him in the things of God, we pray. We think of Pastor Christy Irwin. And again, Lord, we pray for this dear retired saint of God. That thou wilt be with him in Daisy Hill. That thou wilt undertake for him that he might be conscious that underneath and round about are the everlasting arms of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray that you will be with his wife. And be with his family. And grant that thou wilt be pleased to move upon his heart and soul and life. Bring him from that hospital ward and back to his family and to his home, we pray. We just ask for the hand of God, the help of God, to be upon his life. So, Lord, we look to thee this day as we continue in thy service. We thank thee for... Thy hand of blessing and protection upon us this past week. And as we stand upon the threshold of a new week, we pray that thou wilt bring before thy people gospel opportunities to share with others what great things the Lord hath done for us. We pray, Lord, that thou wilt keep us in the light as thou art in the light, that we may have fellowship the one with another, and that the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, might continually cleanse us from all sin. So we look to thee this day. Come, tabernacle amongst us, make thyself known. Anoint thy servant and bless and thrill our hearts and souls, we pray. And what we ask for ourselves, we ask for our sister congregations. That we might experience a breath from heaven, even throughout this land. For we ask these things in the Saviour's precious and in his worthy name. 
Amen. Can we again turn to hymn number 390? Dear Saviour, Thou art mine. How sweet the thought to me. Let me repeat thy name and lift my heart to thee. Mine, mine, mine. I know thou art mine. Saviour, dear Saviour, I know thou art mine. Can we give you one and all a warm and a friendly word of welcome to our noonday service here at Hebron, and especially a warm word of welcome to those who are tuned in on the World Wide Web. We also want to welcome back our pastor's wife, who's 
uh, been away for the past few weeks and she has passed her condition on to her husband and we just trust that the Lord will raise him also to a full measure of health and strength. We want to welcome our preacher for this morning, who's no stranger to us, Mr. Matthew Hunter. Matthew is a member of our Randallstown congregation. He has been here before. He's testified for us before, and we trust that the Lord will bless him and use him today as he labours in the word and ministers unto us. This evening's gospel service is at 7pm. The speaker will be... uh, Our brother Jonathan Jordan, he is a third year student in the Whitfield College of the Bible. We'll gather for prayer at 6.30 and then the service takes place at 7pm. There will be refreshments served after the evening service and we would encourage the ladies of the congregation to bring along a small tray of sandwiches, please. Tomorrow we see the Hebron Tots. Uh, commencing uh, again it's every Monday now and we're very encouraged to see how many are coming along uh, on a Monday morning from 10 a.m. through till 12 please pray that the Lord might bless this effort of outreach on Tuesday the senior fellowships meeting has been postponed but Tuesday evening we have the youth challenge meeting at 7 p.m. now in relation to youth challenge the summer camp Uh, this year will take place from Monday the 7th to Friday the 11th of August and help is required and needed for both the football event that takes place out there on the the football fields and also for the evening meals. If you are available and if you are led of the Lord to support and to help in any way shape or form please see our brother Andrew Park that heads up that work. Pray for Greg, who's speaking this uh, Thursday in Culpro Primary School. It's at 8.45 in the morning. He's speaking to the boys and girls. This was a, an opening and an opportunity which was presented just a few weeks ago when both Greg and our pastor went round to visit uh, the children within the schools of the area. So pray that the Lord might use Greg as he witnesses to the boys and girls on Thursday. Thursday evening is our midweek prayer meeting and Bible study and again we would encourage as many as possible to join with us on that occasion. Friday is youth fellowship at 8pm and our brother David McCauley is speaking under the subject words matter. Please pray for David. David is ministering today both morning and evening and so pray that the Lord might be pleased to, to bless our brother as he labours for him even this day and on Friday also. Saturday we have our open air witness in the centre of the town at 11am. Again, as the Reverend Park has mentioned in the past, we've been very much encouraged by the numbers that are turning up. I think there's been um, upwards of 16, maybe 20 turning out on a regular basis. There were times when there were just two or three at that open air witness so there has been a a token for good and a breath from the Lord at that open air witness on Saturday of Saturday the 18th of March we have a cake sale for uh, the Balamoni Independent Christian School it's taking place from 10am through to 2pm 
And again, we would encourage as many as possible to come along and to encourage this ministry and to help towards uh, the finances of the school. Next Lord's Day, we commence with the early morning time of prayer at 8 a.m., the Sabbath school at 10.30, the Bible class will commence at 10.45. We're dealing with the Christian armour. We're getting to the fifth piece in that armour, which is the helmet of salvation. And then the worship service will take place at 12 noon. In the will of the Lord, we trust the Reverend Park will be back with us on that occasion. The gospel service at 7pm. Again, the Reverend Park in the pulpit. And the time of prayer will commence at 6.30. Refreshments will also be served after the gospel service. Please remember the protest that's due to take place. It's being called by our General Presbytery for Saturday, the 25th of March at 11 a.m. It's going to be on the cobbled area outside of uh, the Belfast City Hall. The preacher will be our moderator, the Reverend Armstrong. And there is a footnote here that we want this to be a family protest. It will be well stewarded and we, will, we would encourage women and children to be in attendance. It will consist of what is in effect an open air meeting. So please come dressed for the occasion. And it is the desire of our presbytery that a letter of protest will uh, be given to the Secretary of State. It will be read on that occasion and then handed on to the Secretary of State in relation to our objection uh, for this abominable uh, law that has been imposed upon this land. Please remember to pray for our family night service on Sunday the 2nd of April at 7pm. Our brother Derek Preston will be along to share with us how the Lord has moved in his life, uh, both past, present and what the Lord wills for him in the future. These are just a few pictures of how encouraged we've been with the Hebron Tots uh, that gather on a, a Monday morning. You can see they are enjoying a lot of the, the choruses and also a lot of the stories and the colouring in. And then of course we uh, are greatly encouraged at the moment at the blessing of God upon the youth work and the youth ministry within uh, the fellowship here. Our brother Samuel heads up that work and there they are on Friday evening just gathered for Bible study and prayer. Speaker on Friday evening past was David Johnson and he was speaking on the subject of sport and how sport can be used in order to reach the lost for Christ. There is an appeal for books and Bibles needed for bookshop out there in Kenya and so if any of you have um, available copies of the scriptures and also um, spiritual and scriptural books then please uh, bring them in here and we'll endeavor uh, to get those books uh, out to the bookshop in Kenya. As you're aware we are endeavoring to feed 90 orphans in the orphan project out there in India and these are just a few of the images that have been sent through to us from Dipanka, who is looking after that work out in India. Some building materials have been uh, obtained for projects for the poor families, and these are the building materials that 
have recently been purchased and building work will commence in the near future. Please remember those who are on the prayer list and uh, the names appear there before you and I'm sure there's many more who uh, desire a touch from the God of heaven as well. Please note that uh, Pastor Christy Irwin, Sharon McCauley's uncle, has been added to that prayer list. He's in hospital. He's been ill for some time. He was seriously ill this week. And please pray that the Lord might be pleased to raise our brother to a full measure of health and of strength. Can we thank you for your tithes and your gifts and your offerings? Today is Building Fung Day and we trust that the Lord will continue to, to bless the work and witness of the fellowship here in Hebron. For our offering hymn, we're going to turn to hymn number 396. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Nought be all else to me save that thou art. Thou my best thought, by day or by night, waking and sleeping, thy presence my light.
Just one final announcement, and that is that there is a Sunday school teachers prayer meeting tomorrow evening. So for those who are involved in the Sunday school work, please remember that there is a season of prayer tomorrow evening. There's a great joy and privilege to welcome to our pulpit our dear friend and brother Matthew Hunter. As we've said before, Matthew is no stranger to us. We want him to feel very much at home with us this afternoon as he comes now and as he labours the word to us. Well, I would like to thank our brother Phil for the uh, words, warm words of welcome and for leading uh, the meeting thus far. And on behalf of the absence of your pastor, I would just like to sincerely from the bottom of my heart um, thank him very much, first of all, for trusting me to take this morning's service. He could certainly pick um, many more capable men than myself. Um, I do not class myself as a preacher, but um, the Lord has certainly laid something on my heart. So it is a real joy to be with you. So I would ask that you was, would keep me in prayer as I continue to seek the will of God in my life. Um, it's no secret now that I'm in the early stages of uh, proceeding to go into the Whitfield College. Um, I'm not the smartest uh, cookie, so I would ask for your prayers as I would sit uh, exams, and um, I was just thinking on the way over there this, there this afternoon, it was less than six years ago that I was what you would call a full-time functional uh, drug addict, and now um, I have the wonderful privilege of uh, sharing a few thoughts with you in the scriptures this morning, and that's really something that only God can do, and praise the Lord, God is in the business of saving and transforming lives, so thank you sincerely in the Saviour's name. If we could turn in our Bibles, please, this morning for Scripture reading to the book of Proverbs, please. Proverbs and the chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, and we'll commence reading from verse 1. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shall thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall 
direct thy paths. Amen. Let's just unite our hearts in a brief word of prayer, please. Heavenly Father, we just thank you already for what has taken place, Lord, in this sanctuary this morning. We thank you, Lord, for the early morning prayer meeting. We thank you, Lord, for the, the Sabbath school. And we do thank and praise thee for all the little boys and the girls that has been already gathered in. We realize, Lord, what a, a blessing that children are. And we realize that they are a blessing indeed from our Father in heaven. We praise thee, O God, for this uh, time where we can gather together with those of like precious faith. And we just pray right now, Father, that you would surround yourself, you, that you would shut yourself in with us and surround yourself with thy presence. We pray, Heavenly Father, that this just wouldn't be a normal uh, noon service, but Father, we come to meet with thee and we plead with thee for the Spirit of God to fall down amongst us here today. We pray, Lord, for uh, each and every uh, man and woman and child, young person that's gathered in, that you would prepare their hearts. Lord, thou knowest what they have been through this week. Thou knowest the very words and the thoughts in their heart and their mind. But we pray right now that you would still them, that you would help them to still themselves and to hear the voice of God speak. We pray, dear Lord, for um, the congregation as a whole, Lord. We pray that you would bless them. We thank you, Lord, for their faithfulness, Lord. We thank you even for the, the vision, Lord, that they have for missionary work. We do pray, Lord, for all of our missionaries. We thank, Lord, of all our ministers and laymen. We thank, Lord, of even our Bible college. We thank of those connected uh, to uh, the church here, Lord, that's in the Whitfield. We pray, Lord, that you would go before them even today if they're out and about speaking, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you would be that double portion and we pray, Lord, that you would be a blessing. We pray, Lord, that you would be unto them everything that they would need you to be. We pray, Heavenly Father, for, uh, Lord, the faithful servant, Lord, Mr. Park here. We do pray, Lord, that in his sickness, Lord, that he would know thy hand upon, upon him, Lord, that you would, Lord, lift him up and raise him up to full strength, and, Lord, that he would be back in the pulpit here, Lord, to feed the flock of God here. We just pray, Lord, now that you would take away any nerves that I would have. I pray, Lord, that you would empty me of sin and of self, I pray, Lord, as I come to thee, Lord, that I acknowledge and realize my own sheer and utter unworthiness. Lord, I am incapable of absolutely nothing. Therefore, I pray, Lord, that you would, O oh God, fill me afresh with the spirit of the living God. Father, that you would take, uh, Lord, what I would have to say today and use it to help some needy soul here today. Lord, meet with us in a special way. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. The book of Proverbs is a really great old book in the Bible. Indeed, I would go as far as saying if you were looking a bit of advice on family issues, uh, perhaps uh, children and their youth, um, advice on the tongue, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, the book of Proverbs is definitely a book where we can gather wisdom and knowledge from. We think, I believe it's Proverbs 1 and the, the verse 17, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And we praise God this morning that we have before us the open word of God here before our very eyes. And it's fair to say for us believers here that one of the most important things that we ought to possess in our Christian life is, of course, the word of God. We think of what Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and the verse 16. It's a well-known verse. And he says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Proverbs, of course, was written by 
a man called Solomon. Uh, he was the wisest man that ever lived. And whenever he was writing this book, he wrote Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Solomon. He was writing to give his son Rehoboam advice. But this can actually be used as great advice for us as well as believers is the book of Proverbs. It's known as the book of knowledge and the book of wisdom. And we read these opening words in verse 5, and it says this, trust in the Lord. And these is very, very familiar verses to us here this morning. Perhaps I would even go as far as saying it's one of the most common texts in the Bible as Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6. You could even say that this is perhaps many people's life verse in this building today. And you know something? Whenever we read these words, trust in the Lord, we can so easily read those words, but really without any deep thought or meaning to us. That leads me to the question this morning, and I include myself in this as well. Whenever we read these words in Proverbs uh, 3 and 5, trust in the Lord, can we really say this morning that we are trusting in the Lord? You know, it's easy to trust in the Lord whenever things is going well in our life, whenever we're in the mountaintop experience. But what about in the valley? Can you say right now, today, and whatever you're going through in your life, that you're trusting in the Lord? I trust and pray that that is the case. In other words, can we say right here and right now that are we trusting in God with all of our hearts? This ought to be a challenge to each and every one of us, to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. And, you know, as believers, it ought to be our duty, it ought to be our desire to meditate in the Word of God. We think of what Joshua said in Joshua chapter 1 and the verse 8. He says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written. And then listen to this last bit. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. Now, I don't know about you, but in this lifetime, for the, for the length of time I have left, the Lord only knows what time I have left, but I want to be prosperous, and I want to have good success. How are we going to do that in this life? By following the Word of God, by trusting in the Lord in our lives. Now, the word heart in the Bible is mentioned roughly around 800 times, whereas the brain is not mentioned once. And the first thing that comes to our mind whenever we think about the heart, of course, is this organ on our left-hand side that pumps blood around our bodies. And some interesting facts about the heart is this. Did you know that our heart beats around 100,000 times a day? And with that pump on 100,000 times a day, this continually pumps about five liters of blood around our body through blood vessels daily. And this is a good one too. The average heartbeat of a woman is about eight, eight beats a minute faster than a man's. So there's a bit of encouragement to the husbands here this morning. Whenever your wife laid eyes on you for the first time, her heart beat it eight times faster than yours. An adult heart is about the size of two fists, two hands, glassed together. A child's heart is roughly around the size of a fist. 
And the list could go on and on and on about the facts of the organ of our heart. It's fair to say that it is a fact that our bodies are individually unique in their own and personal way and amazingly created by our almighty Father in heaven. We think of what the psalmist said in Psalm 139 in the verse 14. The psalmist says, again, very familiar words to us in the scriptures, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. And this word wonderfully, it basically means that you're different. It means that you're separate and that you're set apart. And that should be a personal application to us believers here today. If you're walking down the street in Balamoney or Coral Rain or the North Coast or wherever it may be, can people see that you're different? Can people see that you're set apart? And can people see the grace of God in your life? In other words, can people see Christ in you, the hope of glory? I trust and pray that is the case. That ought to be a challenge to each and every one of us. How are we going to win our families to Christ? How are we going to win our loved ones to Christ? Very simply, by being a signpost to heaven for them. We ought to live our lives before them in an orderly and a humbly fashion. But when the Bible speaks about the heart, it's not actually talking about the organ that pumps blood around our body. Rather, whenever the Bible speaks about our heart, it speaks about our meditator. Our hearts, therefore, is where we think, it's what we feel, and it's what we want. Think of it this way. Whenever you say to somebody today, or even last night, I trust you have or else you're hard-hearted. And if you say to your children, your grandchildren, your wife, your husband, if you say, I love you, where does that come from? That doesn't come from your brain. That comes, praise the Lord, from your heart. It's attached to your mind, and it's attached to your will, and it's attached to your emotions. It is a part of our soul. And a few references to back this up. The Bible says, for as he thinketh in his head, no, 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 as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. You've all heard of the wee saying, what is in must come out, whether it be good or bad. It's important to note that our heads might be filled with lots of information. And don't, don't get me wrong, it's great to have information, it's great to be knowledgeable on certain things. But the question is this morning I have to use, have you got it in your heart? Now, by the way, this applies from the youngest right to the eldest here in the congregation in Hebron. Have you got it in your heart? Have you got the love of Christ in your heart? And I don't mean this to sound critical, but you give me a man or a woman any day that has a good, genuine, sincere heart. Them is the kind of people that I want to be associated with. Them is the kind of people that I want to be my friends. I am not saying that it is wrong to be a smart man or a woman. The Lord has blessed you that way. But you'll get the picture that I'm trying to paint and that you'll get the point that I'm trying to put across. How is the state of your heart this morning? 
Have you got the love of Christ in your heart? That really is what the Christian life is all about, folks. We need to have the free mind. We need to have the free nature of Christ. That leads me to another question. Are you a spirit-filled Christian? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, faith, goodness, meekness, temperance, the nine fruits of the Spirit. Have you even got one of them traits in your life? Can you honestly say that you are a spirit-filled Christian? If the answer is no, well, we ought to be. We ought to strive to be like Christ. A few other wee references is, Thy word have I hid in thy heart, that I might not sin against thee. Psalm 19 and verse 14, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. You see, it's our hearts, folks, that holds our meditations. And our text goes on to say, Lean not unto thine own understanding. Well, we can always rely on our Bibles to give us the answer with everything in our life, everything that this life will throw at us. I love the way Jeremiah put it in Jeremiah 17 and verse 9. It's a very well-known verse of Scripture to us where Jeremiah the prophet goes on to say, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You see, dear friends, this morning, if we rely on ourselves, if we rely on our own understanding, if we rely on our own thoughts, you know what I'm going to say next? We're not going to be very successful in our Christian walk. No, we're going to fall at the first hurdle. Why? Because we are leaning on our own understanding. And don't forget what Jeremiah the prophet said. Our our hearts are desperately wicked. Who can know it? We do not, we should not, and we must not lean on our own understanding. Then in verse 6 of our text, It says, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. In other words, God will show you his will for your life. And that is probably this morning one of the biggest questions that a believer has this morning. Again, for personal application, from the youngest to the eldest. What is the number one question that you want to know as a Christian? I'll give you a good answer. Perhaps I might be right. Father, what is the will of God in my life? What would you have me to do in my life? And that's what I want to speak to you about today. For a brief few moments, I'm not going to be very, very long. But I want you to consider these with me very, very carefully. This is what I want to speak about this morning. And that is the will of God in our lives under three simple headings. Now, remember, remember this, and I came across this, and this is a very familiar quote to us, and I'll repeat it. And the quote says this, I quote, remember the will of God will never take you where the grace of God will not keep you. I'll say that again. Remember the will of God will not take you where the grace of God will not keep you. And I want you to remember that this morning because I don't know what you're going through in your life. Vice versa, you don't know what I'm going through in my life. But I want to leave that with you this morning. 
The will of God will not take you where the grace of God will not keep you. The first thought that I want to think about is we need to find, first of all, the will of God in our lives. Turn with me, please, to the book of Acts of the Apostles, please. Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, and we'll just read the verse 6 just to give you a little bit of context. Acts chapter 9, verse number 6, and of course this is uh, the conversion of Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus. Acts chapter 9 and the verse 6 reads, And he, that's Saul, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And here we have indeed the encounter, the wonderful, wonderful encounter. Saul of Tarsus, of course, was the apostle, the great apostle Paul, perhaps the greatest ever gospel preacher, the greatest ever gospel evangelist that was ever used and made of God. And the very first thing that Paul asked whenever he gets saved is, Lord, what will thou have me to do? And if there was ever a more important and vital question this morning to every one of us, young and old, it would be the question in Acts chapter 9 and verse 6, Lord, what will thou have me to do? You see, as believers, we should have many distinct marks. We should have many changes. We should have many desires in our hearts whenever we come to trust Christ as our own and personal Savior from our sin. Now, I want you to imagine what the Apostle Paul is that You all know the story of the Apostle Paul. This was a religious Pharisee, had no time for God, had no time for the gospel, persecuted Christians, was a real, real bad man, had no time for God. But yet, whenever this man had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ, he was changed. What happened to him? He had a personal encounter with Christ. The exact same that happened, me and you, whenever we came to Christ. Can you remember that time where you had that personal encounter with Christ? And you said, Lord, what must I do to be saved? And you came to save in faith in Christ. And I want you to remember this morning that God is in the business of saving and transforming lives. Never forget that. Paul penned these words in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. You all know the verse. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Praise God. All things are become new. What does the Lord do? You see, he changes us from the inside. He gives us new desires. He puts new things in our heart. What we used to enjoy doing, we now despise doing. Praise God. Why? Because we're changed. Why? because we have Christ in our heart and in our life. Believer, can you say this morning that you're changed? That you have Christ in your heart and in your life? I trust and pray that you can say the same as Paul. But already Paul had the desire, even though he was only converted to Christ moments ago, Paul had the desire to do the will of God. You see, 
up until this point, Paul did not know what the will of God was for his life. In Acts chapter 9 here, we have the account of it. What does he do? If you are still with me in Acts chapter 9, we'll read together verse 11 and see what it says. We'll read it together. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus. And here's the point that I want to get. What does it say next? For behold, he prayeth. Behold, he prayeth. What was Paul doing to know the will of God in his life? He was praying. He was seeking God. He was getting down on his hands and knees, and he was seeking God in prayer. Lord, what will thou have me to do? This was the cry of Paul in his heart and in his life. He wanted to know the will of God. You see, Paul was an inconsistent he was in constant prayer, which leads me to ask the question, what has our prayer life been like of late? As I said, it's okay to pray whenever we're on the mountaintop, whenever things is great in our lives, whenever everything's going well. But how about you this morning? You're perhaps in the valley. You're perhaps down in the, in the miry clay, so to speak. What are you doing? Are you burying your head in the sand? Are you lifting your heart up to God and say, Lord, what will I have me to do? Oh God, help me. Give me the grace to get through this trial in my life, this storm in my life, this tragedy. Cry to God. Psalm 25 in the verse 4 and 5 teaches us how to pray. That The psalmist says, Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. Psalm 27 and verse 11. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path. Folks, these are specific prayers that we can pray for the Lord, to the Lord, for direction and guidance in our life. Psalm 143, verse 10, one of my favorite verses, very simply says, teach me to do thy will. Here we have before us, we have constant prayer, we have consistent prayer, we have courageous prayer, and we have careful prayer. Here was a man who was as evil as get out, but yet he had Christ. He had that encounter with Christ, and that is the message that we have today, isn't it? To the world, the unsaved world, it is Christ that is the answer. Christ makes the difference. The Lord can do something in anybody's life. He can do, anything. He can do a work in anybody's life that no man or woman can do. Having the confidence and reassuring that God will and hear answer prayer. And praise God this morning, we come to a prayer hearing and a prayer answering God, folks. Never forget it. God hears and answers prayer. With Paul seeking God and prayer, God's will was revealed to Paul. Although some of God's will is revealed to us, you might currently say, well, Matthew, I know the will of God in my life, and that's fantastic. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's great. But there's also some of God's will that's still concealed. And that word concealed, it basically means, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of simple. I like to keep things simple. That word concealed, it basically means that it's hidden. So right now, this morning on the 12th of March, you might know up until this point the will of God in your life, which is great. But you also might not know some of it because it is still not yet revealed in your life. And I want to share this verse with you this morning. If you have went through a trial and a tragedy in your life, 
And you're really somewhat, I suppose, at the crossroads in life, and you're saying, Matthew, to be honest with you, if you only knew what I have been through in my life recently, if only you knew the heartache that I have been through, well, I can sympathize with you. I'll share a verse with you that will maybe help you. And it says, it's in Isaiah 43 in the verse 19. And it says, Behold, I will do a new thing. As if that isn't good enough, the verse goes on to say, Now it shall spring forth, shall ye not know it. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. If you're going through a dry patch in your life of barrenness and brokenness, do you believe that the Lord will make a way and that the waters will run freely again at some stage and some point in your life? You see, folks, oftentimes we can't see it. Whenever we're in the valley experiences in our life, you say, Lord, what are you doing? What are you putting me through here? That is whenever we are growing in the Lord whenever we are in the valley experiences in our life. And oftentimes, we want and we expect things in our lives to happen, and we forget to take a step back and we forget to say, Lord, is this your will for my life? You're perhaps pr praying for something specific in your life right now. But up until this point, God has not answered your prayer. And maybe through your lack of faith, maybe even through my lack of faith sometimes, if I'm being honest, you think nearly that God doesn't hear you. He's not listening to you. But yet we don't ask the question that maybe God is withholding something in your life for the benefit of yourself. You're maybe wanting something so bad in your life and you're expecting it to happen. And up until this time, it hasn't happened yet. And it could be for some important reason, either it's not God's timing or very simply, it's not in His will for this to happen in your life. God is always in time. He's never early. He's never late. God is always on time. Perhaps something is taking place in your life right now and you're asking God, why is this happening to me? What are you doing? But have we sincerely stopped and thanked and asked the Lord, well, Lord, maybe you're protecting me. Maybe this isn't your plan for my life. I love the words of the Savior Whenever he said these words to Simon Peter, he says, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. You see, oftentimes we do not know what the Lord is doing behind the scenes. We think of whenever, that, whenever the Lord was on that ship with his disciples and the storm came in and the, and, and the waters came into this ship and it was sinking and the disciples started panicking, didn't they? They had a lack of faith. And what was the Lord doing? He was lying sleeping in the back of the boat. What's the application of that? Well, Oftentimes, we do not know what the Lord is doing behind the scenes. With our small minds, with our small thoughts, we cannot even fathom the will of, and the plan and the purpose of God in our lives. So that's the first thing that we need to do. We also need to focus, once we have found the will of God, we need to focus on the will of God. I'm nearly finished. I do appreciate your patience with me. We need to focus on the will of God, and I'll be brief. In John chapter 4, we have the story of the Samaritan woman. And we all know the story right and well. Uh, Jesus and his disciples were on their way back to Galilee from Judea. And he said to his disciples, I must needs go through Samaria. Now, this was quite an ironic and strange thing. But of course, we know that the Lord had a plan and a purpose because there was a woman in great need. 
And praise God, the Lord is interested in people, men and women, young people, that is in a great need today. Isn't that a great comfort to know as a believer? And we all know the story, and of course there was a reason for this, of course, because there was one in great need. The Lord was talking and showing compassion towards this woman. This was a sinful woman. She had done a lot of bad in her life. She, she had a lot of husbands and things. But yet the Lord had compassion upon her. But we all know the story. Whenever the disciples come back with the food and they basically turn around to the Savior and says, what are you doing talking to her? What are you doing fellowshipping with her? Sure, look at her. And you know what the Savior's reply was? In John 4 and verse 34, he says, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. You see, believer, child of God, dear friend, it is so easy to get distracted doing the will of God in our lives. Even our Father in heaven experienced such things. He could have so easily get, lost his focus while ministering to this woman under the influence of disciples. But Jesus only had one thing in his mind, and that was to do the will of the Father that sent him, to do the will of God. This is what we must do as well, to focus on the will of God. I don't know if there's any uh, horsey men that attend this church here that have horses. And you'll look at a horse, and oftentimes you'll see the horse, the side, they've got, blink, they've got blinkers on, a horse. And it covers the side and it covers the rear view vision of the horse, forcing it only to look forward in a forward direction. Not to look to the side, not to look to the back, but to look straight ahead. This is to keep the focus of this horse. It's to keep it calm. It's to keep it focused. And it's to help the horse not to get distracted from the elements around them. You think about it whenever you drive home here now, and if you see a horse and cart, what are you going to do? Well, you're not going to plant the car and you're not going to fly by it. No. What are you going to do? You're going to go slowly by the horse. Why? Because they're so easily distracted. They're so elegant in the way they get on in their nature. And spiritually speaking, we need to be like the horse. We need to have our spiritual blinkers on. Why? Because very simply, to stay focused on the will of God. So many people in times past have lost their focus. It all started well. People perhaps have attended this church, brought up in this church, made a profession to get saved. Where are they today? What happened? I tell you what happened. They lost their focus. Very simple. They lost their focus. They didn't have the spiritual blinkers on. C.T. Studd penned these words, only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, yes, only one life. Soon it's fleeting hours be done. Then in that day, my Lord, to me, and stand before his judgment seat. Only one life, a few brief years, each with its burdens, hopes, and fears. Each day with its clays I must fulfill, living for self or in his will. And very quickly, and I will be brief, we need to fulfill the will of God. We need to find it. We need to focus on it. And lastly, we need to fulfill the word of God. What does that word fulfill mean? It very simply means that it needs to be carried out and it needs to be fulfilled. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 
You see, whenever the Lord called Jonah at the start, Jonah wanted to run away from God, didn't he? But whenever Jonah accepted the will of God, what happened? Whenever he fulfilled the will of God, there was great blessing. And I close with this. Whenever we fulfill the will of God in our lives, there will be blessing. And I don't know about you, but that's what I want. I want to fulfill the will of God so that I will be blessed. May the Lord bless these few thoughts to your hearts. We're going to sing our closing hymn, please. Our closing hymn, uh, a great old hymn. I have only one life on this earth, and as vapor is passing away, I must labor for treasures of worth, ere toil ends at the close of the day. And let's really sing this with all of our hearts, standing as we sing after the introduction, please. So stand. Father, we do pray that we would know the will of God in our lives, Lord, that we would find it, that we would focus on it, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that you would even give us the grace to fulfill the will of God in our lives. We pray, Lord, for the work here. Help, Lord, this church to fulfill the will of God. Help, Lord, families, young people, old people to fulfill the will of God 
in their lives. Heavenly Father, part us now in thy favor. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.